I'm Mike Vardy. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash ProductiveConvo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. So Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now... You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast. Welcome to the 
Productivity is Podcast. I am your host, Mike Vardy, and this week on the show, I have Avram Nadigal joining me. And Avram is the uh, he's an author. He's a relationship therapist. He co-produces a podcast called It's the Anxiety Stupid, and this podcast is about relationship angst. And he also draws a comic about intimacy called Ball and Change. He's a songwriter and musician. He's co-composed the soundtrack for Exiles from Lotus Land. It's an award-winning NFB documentary. This is something I did not know when I arranged to chat with him because initially we just chatted online via social media about the the things we admired and enjoyed and didn't like so much about productivity. We get into that. We get into the GTD, which you, uh, if you've been following me for any length of time, know I've left behind. We talk about Covey's stuff. We talk about his biggest fear, which, you know, kind of mirrors mine to a certain extent. Uh, and then his pet peeve we dive into that um you know and he he's got a new book coming out which we'll get to uh during this discussion but his new book is calling learning to commit the workbook becoming your best self to find your best match and it'll be coming out by self-counsel press in the tentative date is november let's just get into this conversation because i had a great time chatting with avril and i'm sure that you will enjoy it as well here's my conversation with avram natigal on the productivities podcast I'd like to welcome Avram Natigal to the Productivityist Podcast. Avram, thanks for joining me today. It's great to be here, Mike. We just spent like the last uh, 50 minutes or so, <laughs> 40 minutes, just chatting and getting to know each other a bit more because we've we've spoken, I put air quotes around that, uh, via the various social media stuff as well as you know via email and then an anchor, which I've really not used all that much lately. Uh, and you know, it's great to have somebody else that's into productivity uh, that's a Canadian. There's very, I mean, I'm finding more and more of them out there, and I'm glad to, that you're you're uh, you're able to take some time to be on the show with me today. Yeah, it's funny actually. Uh, I'll I'll name drop here. Um, I actually jammed uh, an old friend of mine, Mitch Joel, who sort of I'm sure yep. you know. I know, uh, I know Mitch. Yeah. Um, and we work together and stuff. So he's the only other guy I know, I think, in Canada that uh, <laughs> that well, he's he's at least productive. I will, I'll say that. Yeah, he. I mean, Mitch is Mitch was just here in Victoria not too long ago, speaking at social media camp. He was in and out. He was very quick. I mean, like most speakers, when they come into a city, they have to come in and and do their thing and then leave. But uh, I guess that's efficiency personified. So I want to talk to you today about um, the idea of productivity and one of the things that that you and I've uh, chatted about. And I've written about, which I'll put in the show notes, is the idea of my why I've left GTD behind. And my obvious reasons were um, were listed there, but also I've got my own methodology that I teach now. But you, you and I've chatted about this, and you've kind of shifted away from the the David Allen getting things done methodology as well, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I have, I have. So what what propelled you to move away from from that, and and, and where are you headed now in terms of, of of what methodology that you use? Well, I, I think it's you know it's interesting. Um, I first was introduced to productivity via um, a lawyer in Vancouver uh, who suggested Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which I just loved. I mean, I, we'll come back to this, I'm sure, as we speak. But I, just, I love the book, and I and I had um, uh, oh, what is it called? Plan Plus for Outlook, uh, mm -hmm. the Covey um, system, which back in in you know the early 2000s was, was an amazing piece of software. But they they notoriously uh, the Covey the Franklin Covey people uh, dropped the ball on that so in such a spectacular way that you start wondering how can they preach effectiveness and 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 really drop the ball. So I lost faith in the company. And then when the Eighth Habit came out, when when um, when Stephen Covey wrote the Eighth Habit, I, I thought it, it was just a letdown from the Seven Habits. I started looking elsewhere, and that's when I first heard about David Allen's Getting Things Done. 
Um, and I'll say this about David Allen, because I think it has to be said. <laughs> At least I, I'll say this. The man, he's, you know, he speaks, it's almost like verbal heroin. I mean, you just, I find he's, his words are so well chosen and, and everything is is tweetable and everything is quotable and 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 he, and he's bright and and he's such a pleasure to listen to um and it's seductive and i and i really thought that i mean you know and he really he answers all your questions and and all the minutia of your life everything sounds like you know you will be that calm lake that he refers to if right. you what i found started happening though as i as i became involved with the program and this could be a fault of my own my personality uh, it might be uh, the minions the gtd fans and I found what ended up happening was that um, uh, you drop one ball somewhere in the system mm -hmm. and then you start – you don't trust the system, which he talks about, by the way. David Allen owns that part. Yes. Um, and then I started noticing I was getting anxious. I was getting anxious about my system and then I was getting anxious about the anxiety and it wasn't, it wasn't doing what I thought it would do. So then I sort of took a step back and, and I started questioning, well, maybe, maybe this stuff – um, maybe there's, maybe, you know, some of the things he's saying actually isn't, isn't valid. It isn't true. And whenever I try to discuss it with people on the GTD forums, there was so much resistance to talking about the, um, anything, uh, to express any criticism about the system that I just started naturally looking, um, uh, looking elsewhere, holding on to little bits of what David Allen, you know, would suggest. And, and now I'm at a point where, um, the only thing I really, I really do from, from, from getting things done is having a next action or a breadcrumb, um, for every, uh, for every project that I have. But I will, I will say this though about David Allen, whenever he's interviewed, if I ever have time, I will listen to him because I really enjoy listening to him speak, w whether it's with you or someone else. I just, I enjoy listening to him, uh, when, when, when he's in his sort of philosophical, almost spiritual, uh, way of speaking. I, I, I enjoy, um, I enjoy his ideas. Have you read the new version of Getting Things Done? The one that came out uh, earlier and uh, earlier, well, I guess it'd be late last year, now 2015. I'll be, uh, look, Mike, I'll tell you, when I heard him speaking about it and he said he changed so little and, you know, he went back to the, you know, David can get, David himself, j by the way, just like Covey, mm -hmm. just like Barbara Schur, any of the productivity gurus out there, uh, I find they all get very defensive when criticism um, or feedback is suggested. So, for example, whenever I've heard David Allen speak and someone asks him about contexts and they suggest, well, you know, maybe I always find uh, his reaction to the criticism to be um, – I'm trying to think. Uh, I, I just – I don't find that – I find that he he brushes people off a little bit too quickly. I think, I, I think perhaps Merlin Mann has been kind when – Recently, Merlin Mann has said he stopped using GTD. Um, you know, uh, I, I think that that GTD sounded. I, I'd imagine if you were a cubicle guy or gal back in you know um, the late '90s or early 2000s, uh, this was sort of perhaps a life-saving uh, methodology for you. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just find so so many of the suggestions um, they, they just don't fit for my workflow. And, uh, when I heard him saying that he really didn't do very much for the new version, that there was just a little bit of tweaks because he, he claims that it's, uh, it's evergreen. Um, I was like, eh, I have more, I had better things to do with my time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that he did make some, I think he was probably being a little bit, um, uh, undervaluing uh, he undervalued a little bit of what he's done in there because what i think he's done is made it more accessible to people mm. i think he's he's it, it was very much you know uh 
a methodology that seemed rooted as we've talked about or I've talked to him about before. Uh, it's been very rooted in, um, in uh, what's it called? It, it's been very rooted in, in, in corporations and corporate stuff, you know, like you mm-hmm. said, the cubicle stuff. So for me, it, I think that was part of it is to, you know, kind of see what you can do and what he's done to kind of shift it so that it's more accessible to pretty much anybody because he's changed some of the verbiage and some of the, but one of the things he did do, and you said about being evergreen is, is he's removed the, uh, you know, he wants to make sure that the term smartphone, for example, Eric Fisher talked to him about this, is that's there because it's a part of undeniably a part of society and, and what, what's going to happen going forward. Right. Now, now, so you've moved to have you moved exclusively because you and I have chatted about this. Have you moved exclusively to Covey, or have you kind of cobbled like what most of us do? Uh, you know, uh, most people have done is say, okay, what what's worked in GTD? Like you said, the next action list. Let me take that and combine that with some of the other elements from, let's say, Covey, and some from Agile, and some from like. Have you done that, or are you? largely shifted over to say more of the the Covey style no it's impossible it's just impossible I think when when Stephen Covey died and uh, he you know just uh, it was about a year or two before he passed away he created something called the Covey community which it had potential I think he was Mm -hmm. trying to do something online it had potential I was a member um, but it just you know uh, it it, it was never it was never nurtured in the way I think it would have been if you know if this was 1976 or something or Covey first started doing this work Uh, and when he died it all sort of just um, it fizzled, and um, and I think his sons are 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 busy doing the um, seven habits of, of highly effective teen stuff in high mm-hmm. schools and, and elementary. So um, no, no. My, so basically, here I'll give you the. Uh, the, the sort of the, the gestalt of it all, and and um, and I'll, I'll I'll reference the name in the system of what I'm borrowing. Uh, right now, I'm using Daylight uh, by Market Circle yep. um, for Mac, based, uh, based where you are in Toronto. Based, where, yeah, they're in Mississauga, I yep. think. Yeah, a wonderful company. Unfortunately, I find the software to be um, it's a behemoth. I mean, it's oh yeah, it, it's it's just huge, and uh, I don't use ninety seven percent of it. Um, and so uh, I, I think it tra- just tries to do too many things. Um, but, 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 but they have this thing called DMI, which is a plugin for Mac Mail, which is just amazing. So right within, have you used DMI for mail? I've not. I've not. Okay. So imagine I say, you send me an email saying, hey, Avram, you want to be on my podcast. Right within mail, a little sidebar pops open. I can create a project right within mail. I can create a task that gets assigned to that project right within mail. It tags Mike Vardy as part. And every Every time you and I email, all that correspondence, any t- tasks I make right with email, all goes into daylight, into the database, um, and I never have to open up, for example, you would with OmniFocus or things. I never have to touch the mothership. I can stay right within mail and create projects and tasks and opportunities and notes. It's unbelievable. That alone is worth yeah. the price of this. So I'm using – that's where my whole system and – and I'm a therapist in private practice and an author and a musician. So I do a lot of things. So I, I, I keep everything within daylight. The, the methodologies I borrow from um, Barbara Shore, who wrote a book called Wishcraft in the Mid-70s, which is still my perhaps my favorite uh, self-help book, um, productivity self-help book. She has two ideas that I use. Um, she, uh, she talks about emotional touchstones. So anything, any goal 
that you have in your life should have an emotional touchstone as embarrassing as it may seem. So um, I'd imagine that, you know, Tim Ferriss might not admit this, but I'd, I'd imagine that a little bit of his narcissistic stuff that, he, that he's got going with it in which he might not say out loud, clearly that's an emotional touchstone for him. He, he, gets, he gets fueled up. I think mm-hmm. when uh, when he's the he, he's the focal point of things. So she she would say very important not to you, you don't have to go for therapy for that. You know, you have to just recognize it and make sure that every one of your goals has an emotion, emotional touchstone associated with it. Because she goes without that, things will fizzle out. And I thought that was a very smart psychological uh, idea. So whenever I create a new project, I think about what what touchstone, what what emotion, what um, what's the juice. Behind wanting to uh, to to fulfill that goal, so I put that in my little um, details box of a goal that I create in, um, in in daylight. And she also has this idea of isolation as a dream killer. So that for me has been huge. Always trying to find a partner to work on something with. I don't care how much money is involved with the project. If I'm working on it by myself. I'm probably going to bow out. I, I'm always looking for my McCartney, you know, my Jimmy Page. I'm always looking for that person to, to do things with. David Allen, I'm, I'm using the next action stuff. From Covey, um, I definitely do a weekly review closer to Stephen Covey, mm-hmm. less, uh, less so uh, with getting things done. I find Covey's meaning-making stuff just much more um, uh, life-affirming and, and interesting during my weekly review. So roles, I think about my roles, and I, and I try to ensure that I'm, I have goals for, for those. And also uh, uh, the sharp and the saw stuff I look at um, as well. And the final thing I do, which is the minutia, if there's any sort of like you know, rule I follow, it's Mark Forrester's um, dismissal yeah. thing. So in daylight, I have a seven-day due date attached to every single task that I create. Every task, whatever task it is. Uh, automatically a seven-day due date uh, gets attached to it. Um, and if I don't look at that task, so if I look at my, if I open up Daylight Today and I have three um, uh, tasks that are overdue, and this hurts, but Forrester says if you stick to this, it'll work over time, they automatically get deleted no matter how important they are. Th- that sounds crazy and it sounds a bit insane, but if I don't touch it in seven days, even just read it, if I don't look at it, it chances are it means that I haven't, you know, that, that I'm dropping the ball uh, somewhere it's not that important, and uh, it just automatically gets deleted. I press delete, 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 and I, I take the sting up front. I learn the lesson, and uh, I try to stay on top. Otherwise, by the way, like every other task system and piece of software, I just ignore stuff. Yeah. So Mark Forrester's rule really, and and he and he he's he's um he he's evangelical about this. You know, he says you have to take dismissal seriously, whatever dismissal. You know, you got to take it seriously, and I have, and it it served me well, and that's my system. That's uh. That's an interesting theory because I, I I love the idea of that and I've done I've taken to doing that quite a bit more because what happens is is when you're trying to focus on things like uh, you know the really important stuff the the ought to do stuff which is which I think is what this falls into right like the stuff that well I it becomes I mean you, when you first look at it and that's why a lot of people get stuck in the I better make a decision on this now do you think it's okay to let this stuff incubate. Like, do you think it's important to let this stuff incubate? Maybe not for the full seven days, but just enough to give yourself a sense of really is this something that I should even attend to? Well, I mean, it, it's a sort of. I mean, Mark Forrester these days. I'm not following what he's doing, but he he's on on this you know bandwagon of uh, he he's sort of been talking a lot about the no list system, yeah, and trusting your intuition and whatever is important will come up. Look, I'm a therapist. I've got. I don't know, maybe on my roster right now, I'm working with about 36 families plus, you know, writing a book with my wife and blah, blah, blah. I, 
there's no way I can keep all the things, you know, uh, all, all these balls in the air. Uh, That's the exact opposite of what we would le- learn in, like, say, the getting things done idea is to capture it. Like, if, if to me, that seems counterproductive to a certain extent. I think it's, but anyways, continue. Well, I'm curious when you say which which is counterproductive. Well, I think I think trying to like the no list system, I think to me would be counterproductive because the fact of the matter is, is that when I have ideas that come to mind, I want to give my brain the bandwidth to be able to think about this stuff and not try to store all this stuff. And I think that's what you're saying is that if you're trying to store all this stuff, you're not going to be able to give it the deep like let's use the Cal Newport deep work, the deep thought, the mindfulness that it requires to make a informed decision as opposed to you know just having it all stored there and then you know that's what a lot of people do now anyways they keep stuff in their head and then they they try to make decisions on it and the problem is is that they're not the the brain can't process things nearly as effectively when it's trying to keep track of so many things and right. it will try to keep track of it david allen's a spot on about that it's an open loop right though I, I i will i i you know look i i do have to say that um, I think sometimes, you know, again, my, 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 my background is in, in, um, in clinical work and therapy, and I'm married to a psychiatrist. So we, we think a lot about, we talk a lot about these things. And if there's anything that we've learned in the, in the area of mental health and, and the brain and all this kind of stuff is that um, how the productivity people tend to talk about what we do as professionals, I sometimes think is, is a little bit of um, – uh, a straw man is, is, is too strong, but, um, we don't know as much as I think people think we know. Right. And our, and our, our friends who are neurologists say the exact same thing. So when David Allen makes a strong statement, for example, where he's been called to task, I've called him to task about Roy Baumeister's, I think book, a willpower mm-hmm. that, that currently, by the way, is being, is being, uh, a lot of his research is being debunked. Um, and a lot of social psychology research has been uh, being debunked for the past couple of years. I think we have to remain open to an idea that's been with us for thousands and thousands of years, which is what works for Mike Vardy does not work for Avram Nadigal. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. My wife is a psychiatrist at a, at a major hospital here in Toronto. She does not own OmniFocus. She doesn't own a list maker. She, she sees many, many patients. I don't think she makes a task list. She doesn't have a project list. <laughs> she doesn't do a weekly review. And my wife is one of the most effective, efficient people I know, not just with our kids and at home, but, but as a physician. So we have to, I think we have to be clear. You know, we have to be, we have to be a little bit humble here um, that what I need, you know, you and I probably can chit chat about our lists uh, for six hours and, and, and the time would fly by. My wife would be yawning after two minutes thinking what a waste of time like, yeah, my, my say, wife would be the same totally yeah and and by the way and 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 my wife you know is as effective you know i would imagine as any of the physicians that david allen speaks to where they say that G- without gtd their hospital would, or their their department would fall apart so i think we just have to you know we have to appreciate that that the, the idea of know thyself is very important and that you have to find the tool and um, and the methodology that uh, works for you, and I think that's something that you and I have in common is that you know you and I have been around the bend with this stuff. I mean, I have tried every piece of software, not as much as you, mind you, but I've tried a lot, mm-hmm. and I've read all but all the books, um, and I've had to cobble something together that works works for me because none of these things on their own really address um, you know uh, my needs. I want to be respectful of your time and my listeners' time, but I definitely want to have you back on, me, especially when the book comes out. Now, what is the book called, and when can people expect it to, to be released? So the, the title right now is Learning to Commit, the workbook, uh, Becoming Your Best Self to Find Your Best Match, and it's coming out in, no, the, my publisher claims, November of 2016. 
Awesome. Awesome. Avram, thanks so much for joining me. All the links to what we talked about are going to be in the show notes as well as where you can find Avram online. You're on Twitter too, right? I am. Yeah. At Natical. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me this week on the Productivities Podcast. It was a pleasure, Mike. Thank you. And there you have it. My conversation with Avram Natigal. I'm looking forward to having him on the show again in the future. But in the meantime, if you want to hear more from him, of course, you can go to his comic, Ball and Change, which should be interesting to check out. Uh, again, first comic book artist I've had on the show, first comic artist. And also check out his new book. You can pre-order it if you're listening to this before the book comes out, or just go ahead and order it. It's called Learning to Commit, the workbook, Becoming Your Best Self to Find Your Best Match. And it's published by Self Council Press. I had a great time chatting with him. I'm hoping that you enjoyed it as well. If you enjoy the podcast, subscribe, share your, tell your friends, you know, review it in iTunes, rate it in iTunes, spread the word, or you can take it one step further and become a Patreon supporter. That's a patron of the Productivityist podcast. Just go to patreon.com slash productivityist, choose your dollar amount. There's a perk level associated with various dollar amounts. And boom, you're going to get bonus content, a bonus episode every single week, additional content with the weekly episodes, which you would have received this time around. And actually, if you become a supporter, you can go to the backdated episodes, all the all the archives, and find all of those there as well. And also, you'll get regular writings from me, videos, and a whole bunch of other special stuff that you will get because you become a supporter of the show. So again, head to patreon.com slash productivityist if you're interested in doing that. I'm interested in thanking podcast producer John Polster for putting this together and keeping me on track with the show. I'm interested in thanking all of you for listening this week. And that's it. Until next time, I am your host, Mike Vardy, founder of Productivityist and Productivity Strategist, reminding you to stop guessing and start going.